Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. And here's a successful entrepreneur who provides insights and guidance you can use to move along your vision path. You can also listen to my shows at TonyDURSO.com or go to your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, and search for Tony D-U-R-S-O. Harry's Razors. I've been using them for years and we're giving you a trial set free. I love their products. Get a five-blade razor, lathering shave gel with aloe, and a travel blade cover. Get it all at harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. And Grammarly helps you up-level your writing for your blogs, social media, books, company literature, and so on. I recommend it. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium. That's grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. More details just ahead, so please stay tuned. Today's show is about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. Let's see what we can learn today. At the end of this interview, I'm going to do a summary recap of what we went over, so stay tuned for that. Michael Greenberg is the founder of Gentlemen of Technology, LLC, GOT. It's a B2B venture creation and growth consulting firm. GOT specializes in B2B SaaS and service businesses, as well as personal advisory services for serial entrepreneurs. That means all of you. All right, here we go. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the Tony Dierso Show. Thanks, Tony. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on today. I am honored that you're on with us. I'm really looking forward to learning from you on how can we grow a really good remote team as well as any tidbits or knowledge or advice you have on authority marketing podcasts and all that good stuff. There's a great number of people in our audience that these are very key words to us and very near and dear, and we want to learn from you. And before you go into that, Michael, let's follow your journey to success. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Yeah, so I grew up in a family with multiple generations of entrepreneurs on both my mom and my dad's side. And so I kind of always knew I wanted to work for myself, even though I was also told that it was the worst decision and I should absolutely not do it. Um, So like all great entrepreneurs, I decided not to follow that advice. And I had actually dropped out of college after my sophomore year, went to a coding boot camp, did the whole startup thing, and then went back to school, finished my degree and took everything I learned. I consulted while I was in school. I worked on it at a startup for about two years, raised a little over a million with them and took all of that. And then that turned into Call for Content, which is my podcasting agency that specializes in podcasting and authority marketing, as you touched on. And then I was building a remote team for Call for Content and that team ended up centralizing in South Africa, which turned into my current main focus, South Africa Talent, uh, which is all about remote. So I kind of come from that very much digital tech startup land and crossed over into consulting for small business and then started solving my own problems. Michael, you've gone into business on items that I've dabbled in here and there over the years, never became really successful at much of it until I put it all together when I started podcasting myself. I'm very impressed on how successful you are at what you do and how you've put this all together. So I want to ask you, how did you come about that vision for your current success? How did that unfold that brought you to where you are now? I really try only to start to be service businesses these days. That was one of the first decisions I made after working with startups because B2B services have high margins and high deal values. So it's much easier for me to get a business off the ground. And 
that led me to consulting. And while I was consulting, I got the opportunity to see inside a number of agencies as well as a business-focused podcasting network. And through that work, I started to see a lot of similarities between these different sorts of professional services. And at that time decided that I would only start a new business if I could use a large number of the existing resources from my current business to help build it out. And so Call for Content came out of I was consulting and my clients really needed this content, needed the ability to position themselves so they could go attract sales. And that's what I needed for myself. And then I started South Africa Talent because I needed a bigger hiring pipeline and more availability than I could currently get for myself just as call for content. That's very clever, Michael, on how you leverage the resources of one business to catapult into another successful business and so on and so forth. Very clever. We're going to delve more into that. And last here on our vision path main questions is purpose. What's your purpose? What's the writing purpose for you doing what you do? So I personally believe that entrepreneurship is a moral good because it creates economic value. And that employment going beyond that just step of creating additional value in the economy, but going out and employing people in it, uh, that that is, that's one of the greatest things you can do. And so when I add those up, the ultimate purpose that I strive towards is to educate others to become more successful entrepreneurs themselves so that they can employ more people. We're learning how to build remote businesses with Michael Greenberg, and you can find him at callforcontent.com. That's C-A-L-L-F-O-R-C-O-N-T-E-N-T.com. Michael, did I get that right? You did indeed. And thank you for the plug. My pleasure. My pleasure. This is good stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, some people on the career. We have corporate execs in the audience as well. We want to learn. And it's not just one thing that helps us be successful. It's learning a lot of things and learning from people such as yourself. So I'm very happy to plug it because my whole focus here, where I'm at in my life, is to help my audience. And if I can help them grow their business a little bit more and share some resources, which we are going to ask for from you at the very end of the show, I'm only too happy to do that. And now with no further ado, Michael, let's get into your vision path and talk about remote teams. Now, this is interesting because, you know, some of us, a lot of us, I do, we use VAs, virtual assistants. I've used so many, but you have remote teams. And you know what? Let's kind of mix this up a little bit. First of all, what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a remote team? To put it nicely, a virtual assistant is somebody you've put in a box. Um, I've done that a lot (laughs) and I don't get all the results I want. (laughs) No, I think we, I started with a remote startup. And so I started with remote teams, um, and hiring developers. And then I read the four hour work week after I had quit startup land and I learned about virtual assistants and I was like, these sound exactly like the guys I was hiring before. Um, just we're calling them all assistants now instead. And I think really the way I like to differentiate and the way we differentiate when we title people within the business is a virtual assistant is somebody who is completing a repetitive task for us that we cannot automate because it requires some simple level of human cognition that AI have not been able to replicate yet. And everyone else is a remote team member. Well, obviously when you say remote team, it immediately by definition means more than one person. So you have several people working. Sounds more like it could be more expensive. It could be. And I think that's one of the big things is virtual assistant generally means developing country. 
whereas remote team, my team members are split between three countries. We've got a couple people in the U.S. And then we've got a couple people in Ukraine for development and design. And then the rest of the team is in South Africa. And South Africa has far and away the lowest rates of all of those locations, which is why the majority of the team is located there. That's about 80% of our team. Interesting. And you may have mentioned this in your history of how it all started for you. How long now have you been using remote teams? So for my entire career, uh, which is not that long yet, uh, but it's just over seven years now. That's a long time to have a success record with remote teams. It's very interesting. Oh, I wouldn't call it all success, Uh, but I've certainly learned a lot when it wasn't. (laughs) The fact that you've learned something, Michael, means success because we sometimes have to fail to succeed and we sometimes run into an obstacle or some sort of a great difficulty that we are able to then hurdle and become successful. So there are good lessons, there are bad lessons, but they're always good lessons. I like that mindset. Thank you. I like it a lot. Thank you. And well, let's get more into the remote teams because I'm really interested for myself as well as for my audience. Let's talk about what kind of challenges are there when you use a remote team and let's kind of dig more into this. So I think the biggest one is you can't see other people working in an office with you. And what that means, especially if you're new to working remotely, working online, it means that you have to get it out of your head that somebody isn't working if you can't see them. That's just a mental barrier. But the challenges that come into play with that, one of the big ones is actually making sure people are working. And there's a whole variety of software that has been developed to track people's time effectively for remote team management. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. How much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's? Let's see. How about enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City? How about enough for three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago? I actually like the thin crust in Chicago and my record is eating two large pizzas in one sitting. I wish they could deliver to Los Angeles. But I digress. How about enough to pay six months of your Netflix subscription? How? Harry's delivers high quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of the leading brand, and saves you hundreds of dollars over time. What do I like about Harry's? I've been using them for years, as I've told you. It's the easiest, simplest, nicest, most convenient shave I've ever had. And that's why I use them for years. It's just a good, close shave every time. And the razors last a long time. And you know what? I'm going to give you a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep. That's right by going to harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O, completely free, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. Why not give Harry's a try? Harry's is a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks per blade. I know I said that before. And you know, they've cut out the middleman. They manufacture blades in their German blade factory. They've been honing precision blades for a century. Great shaves every time. And they're super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule. You don't need a subscription. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in one stop. You get blades, hair care, and shower products all on harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. And you can feel a little better about your purchase because 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. I like that. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Here's what you're going to get. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, 
a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash D'Urso to start shaving and saving today. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. Okay, guys, get your free kit and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Michael launched Call for Content, which is a full-service podcasting agency for content marketing, audience growth, and monetization strategies. All right, and now back to the chat with Michael. We use uh, an app called Time Doctor that has way more features than we use, but it acts as our time tracking. And so time tracking is more important for a remote team because it is difficult to see what people are doing otherwise. And most companies have to use time tracking because they simply are not set up to move to an entirely performance-based or results-oriented workplace. That's really interesting. I don't mean to make a bad plug so on any company, so I'm not going to mention their name. But there is a resource out there that the people that you hire from this resource, they all have this sort of a system that you mentioned. And when I order something, you know, I'll get these, you know, beautiful screenshots showing how much time they spent on my project. But if I go to another company, which I'm not going to mention just yet, and I just buy, you know, I want this done, you know, here's the price. I wind up spending less money and getting my product instead of I'm just paying for people's time. So do you run into that kind of factor using this? Because these people, they work based on like on an hourly basis. So we do both depending on the type of person we're hiring. Uh, Generally, the pathway that we work with somebody is they start on either project based or hourly work. And then they move to some sort of guaranteed minimum number of hours or pieces with the contract. And then we move them on to full-time salary. Um, Occasionally, we'll just jump somebody and hire them directly for full-time. But most of the time, we like to stick our foot in the water, try it out, see how they work, make sure they work well with the team, and then bring them all the way in. And so... The pricing structures we use are heavily dependent on the types of work. For writers, we do both piece rate and hourly. But for example, for our audio editors, we only do hourly now. Uh, We stopped doing piece rate. Interesting. And I can see that some jobs could be very long and require hourly. And I'm going to mention one of them, which is Fiverr. I've used them For years, I have spent so many thousands with them, it's incalculable, but I get complete jobs done most of the time, you know, exactly what I want, exactly the way I want, whatever it is. So I know that I'm paying X amount of dollars for for X product, but I know everything can't be done that way. Just perhaps it it works really, really well for me. I know million dollar plus agencies that are built off one or two smart guys and a whole lot of fiber. That works particularly well with media buying companies. So like Facebook ads and that sort of thing. If they've got one good copywriter and somebody who can just manage the ads, then they can take on millions of dollars in business and outsource the design and all the other little pieces to something like Fiverr uh, for a very low cost. Very interesting. And we talked about the challenges, and now we're kind of getting into the advantages. So let's hear all the great things that come about as a result of using a remote team. So I think the real number one advantage 
is value. I get the best team when I hire my team, intending to hire my team for the best people wherever they are at ideally the lowest price. And what that ends up looking like for me is a system I like to call the 50-10, which is we're looking to hire one expert around the $50 an hour mark. And then we would like to have them manage multiple lower to mid-skill people from developing countries where labor is much lower cost, a below $10 an hour rate. For example, we might hire one, you know, 15-year U.S. experienced copy and blog writer and pay them $50 or $60 an hour. But then I'll hire four writers in South Africa, and each one of them might be 7 or $8 an hour. And so I'll hire all of them full-time, and then I'll hire the experienced U.S.-based writer for maybe... 10 hours a week. And then they'll manage and mentor that whole batch of new hires at much lower cost. And ideally, I end up with several fully trained, uh, exceedingly good values in about that two is or very, three months. That is very interesting, Michael. And you've already mentioned that the preponderance of your team is in South Africa. You've got some people in the Ukraine and the U.S., what I like about what you're doing is that in South Africa, English is their main language. It's the first language. Yep. Whereas in Fiverr, and it's no offense because I have a lot of people, they're in other countries, Romania, India, Pakistan, and so forth. English is not their first language. And sometimes you have to go through this trial and error because they're not understanding the words coming out of your mouth because... It, it translates differently. But when English is the first language, I find it's just so much easier to get stuff done. It really is. And that's, that's one of the main reasons I focused on South Africa, um, is that we could get the level of English and I can get people that I can put on the phone without an issue. Those two things have made a big difference, especially as chat and having people go back and forth on email become more and more important. I need to make sure that they understand the context and idioms that may come up in conversation. And South Africa, I found that having that British colonial past has made a big difference when they're conversing with the U.S. And now you're managing a huge number of teams and you're providing services for different clients. It sounds sounds a little complicated. I presume you have some strategies in place and you have some methods in place on how to properly implement and manage this? Yeah. Number one, I am huge on standard operating procedures, SOPs, and we document everything throughout the company. So every meeting is recorded and transcribed and searchable. Every time we do something once, the first time we do it, we record a video so that the second time we can make a good instructional video on how to do it. And I try to create a culture that encourages people to automate and to follow these systems of checklists, these standard operating procedures, so that when we bring on two or three more people, we know if they follow this process, we're going to get this result out the other end. And that goes all the way back to the very beginning when we first test somebody and think about hiring them. We test them to make sure that they can do the sort of work that we're asking, but we also test to make sure they can learn. Because a lot of the people we work with might not have done everything we're going to ask them to do before. There aren't that many people who have worked with podcasting agencies, for example. <laughs> and with that, how do you know who's right for you to hire? You know, is there a long process with trial and error? How do you manage to get a good team? So I prefer green hires, which is 
uncommon, I've found. But because I'm using this system where I have the more experienced mentor, and then I have the less experienced new hires, it gives me a lot more room in terms of wage, so I'm less concerned. And I can give a little more time to training them at the beginning. The other piece of the puzzle is I use personality assessments. And then I also have what we call our list builder pool, which is anyone who wants to just work for us part time or wants to try to start working for us in the future. They can sign up for the list builder pool and we'll give them really specific briefs on I need 50 contacts of this kind and then they've got four days to build that list and when they turn it in they get paid and so that piece rate work lets us see who really wants to be working for us because they're building more lists and it lets us see how reliable they are and so then if we see somebody works well there we'll give them a personality test and see what kind of jobs they've done in the past to figure out, okay, they might be good in one of these roles. We have three training and hiring tracks within the company. You can, you're either going to become a writer with us, you're going to be on our digital track, or you're going to become an analyst. And by setting those tracks, it means everyone follows pretty much the same system for the first year to 18 months. And so that gives us a lot more ability to weed people out earlier in the process since we're able to see what does and does not work. Michael, I think one of the secrets to your success is that you are extremely methodical and organized completely. And I I see that as being very, you're so structured. I see that as being very successful. This is the Tony D'Urso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you Move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Yes, you heard right. When I was 19, I got a job in corporate America as a typist slash proofreader, and I didn't know how to type. I know what you're asking. What was he thinking, right? But I tell you, That was not sneaky. That was sheer, unmitigated gumption and determination. Why is that, you might ask? Well, I went to the library and I got out a typing book. I learned how to type and I practiced and practiced and practiced. I went up to the remarkable rate of 120 words per minute. Yeah, not a joke. People would literally come to the office and stand by the doorway and just watch me type. Not even a joke. I couldn't tell you how many people came to see me every day because I was too busily focused on what I was doing. That sort of stuff doesn't break my concentration. And I was taught many proofreading skills. I got so good at proofreading that I could just glance at something and find typos. And to this day, I find typos without even thinking or trying. I find typos in magazines, on the TV screen, yeah, on TV screen, in books, on billboards, you name it, I find them. And this is why we need Grammarly today. The typos are so rampant that you probably get immune to them, but they are out there. Now, for family emails, that's okay, but for your blogs, your social media, your books, your company materials, and so forth, come on, guys, the typo can mean the difference between closing that deal or having your prospect go to a competitor who doesn't have typos. It really can make the difference. This is serious if you are serious about your business. I'm going to repeat that again. If you're serious about your business, then treat this matter seriously. That's why I endorse Grammarly. And there's so much more to this. Check this out. Whether you're working with your team online or working on a project, Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. Grammarly works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack. There's more to writing well than catching spelling mistakes. Grammarly can help you write confidently no matter where you are. Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people put their best words forward. Signing up for a Grammarly account is free and gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write. I use it and I love it. 
It works where you work so you can communicate with clarity and confidence on every platform. Hey, you want deeper insights on your writing? Check this out. Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. And I use that a lot. Once again, I use Grammarly because it's so fast. I can focus more on my content and what I'm saying. I'll type like crazy and Grammarly just helps correct and fine tune and help me tweak. I use Grammarly Premium to go through my next book to assist me, not only in finding typos after my rewrites, but to help me fine tune the very specific and exact style for my book. The customizable feature is super, super brilliant. I can set it to help make my writing academic or casual or anything in between. You get tailored writing suggestions based on your goals and your audience. So you can make it informal, neutral, or formal. You can set the tone, establish the intent, and so much more. I love it. I really do. All right, guys, so you can harness the power of Grammarly on every platform with their desktop editor, browser plugin, and mobile apps. So don't just say it. Make a statement with clear, flawless text that's sure to impress. Here you go. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Let's spell that out. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. Grammarly.com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out. Sign up and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. All right. And now back to the chat with Michael. How long do your team members stay with you? The good ones or the bad ones? <laughs> Obviously, the bad ones don't stay long, I presume. But, it, I, but I think you've made it so easy in a way and structured. Just do these things every day. You get paid. It seems like you would be able to keep most of your, your team members. Generally so. If somebody's going to drop, they're going to drop in the first 60 days. I don't think we've had anybody who makes it past that mark who doesn't stick around for at least a year or who is planning to. And that's been really good. We also use a lot of KPI dashboards, key performance indicators. So anyone who's full-time with the company has a dashboard and it will turn red and it will turn yellow if you are not performing at the desired level. Uh, So that lets everyone really know where they stand and it lets them, okay, I'm going to get everything up to green. If everything's green and it stays green, then I'm able to take more on my plate or ask for more or get that raise that I want because there's a very clear path to do so. Do you see a shift happening with this from the virtual assistant to the team? Not yet. I think at this point, virtual assistant is still largely the term used in the U.S. to refer to these sorts of jobs. And I mean, we market our services as virtual assistant in many areas because of that culture or that terminology. But I think as more and more companies become remote, And more and more entrepreneurs hire virtual assistants and then have them for years at a time. That turns into the situation where they realize, I don't need any of my people in one place. So at that point, when you have that mindset shift, that's when you become a remote team, I think. I got you. And we're going to talk about authority, marketing, podcasting, and a couple of other topics here. But the last point on my mind on remote teams is any advice for businesses if they're looking for a VA, they need VA, they're, they're working with VA, what kind of advice would you give them to consider looking at a remote team? So big thing, 
don't make your first hire if your business has everyone currently located in the same place. Don't make that first hire remote be anything really important or vital unless the person you're hiring has many years of remote work under their belt. I think that and the other big thing is start with a virtual assistant and start with a virtual assistant from an agency. So that way, one, you're not hiring somebody directly who you're then going to fire in 45 days because they're not doing the work. And two, if you hire a good agency, they will provide a lot of the management and training to make sure that that person provides value to you quickly because that's what the business of a virtual assistant agency is. So if you're dipping your toe in the water for the first time, find an agency that trains for the specific thing that you want. Get them for you know 10 or 20 hours to start each week and then work your way up to full time. And once you've got all the way worked up and you really have somebody you're relying on who's not with you, at that point, you can start making full-time hires. All right, let's get into authority marketing here. And thank you for that, by the way. Michael, what can you do for us? What can you do for our businesses to make us more well-known so that our products and services can be better received by our audience, by our consumers? So I like to do two things. One, I like to create content that positions somebody as that authority in a very specific niche. And when I say very specific, I mean, if we can get it down to a list of a thousand people that are this niche, that's even better. The smaller, the tighter, the more narrow, the better. And the other part of that is once we've got this content that makes you the expert and authority in these very specific topics, then we can use that content to generate leads and generate publicity opportunities to get in front of that exact audience. Because if we get targeted enough, we can actually build those very specific lists. There are a a number of coaches, consultants, advisors in the audience. So this is a way that they could become more well-known in that niche, that field that they're in, that then would help bring about more people that you would promote them or could promote them to. That is correct. That's really the first thing we developed at Call for Content. I put out the system for myself as a consultant. Because people were asking me as, you know, too young to be doing this guy. Why should I trust you? Why do you know what you're doing? And the easy way to solve that problem was to create a bit of content about, you know, I created a little presentation about why I was an expert in this thing and about my thoughts around how to do it well. At the time I was consulting in startup growth, so growing the business and fundraising. Then I went around and I found out where the kinds of clients I was looking for hung out, which were really just at like private events and dinners for angel investors. And so I went and I met those different angel investor groups and they invited me to pitch at them. And that's how I got my clients. And then I realized, you know, hey, You can do this with podcasts online just as easily. So now we largely do our authority marketing with podcasts and we look to create some sort of larger book or other course or something really meaty out of a podcast series in about a six month time frame and use that to launch the PR campaign and get all those very targeted placements for our clients who, for this system to work, really have to be in B2B services. That's very interesting. And I've gone through a lot of your material already on podcasting, 
authority marketing, building businesses. Very interesting stuff, Michael. I'd like to delve in a little bit on podcasts. We do have other podcasters in the audience, of course. I am a podcaster. You're a podcaster. Talk to us. How can you help us podcast better? So everything I just said about authority marketing applies to podcasting too. In fact, I think even more so, the podcasts that we see really succeed are normally really, really niche podcasts, or maybe the person hosting it's a little weird in some way, and they have that nice polarizing element. It makes it harder, I think, for podcasts to grow huge. We won't take on a client if they say, I want to be the next Joe Rogan, or I want to have a million plus downloads an episode. Unless you come to us with half a million, we're not going to be able to get you there. But if you come to us with nothing and you say, I want 200 downloads every episode because I've only spoken in front of 50 people in my life. So if I have 200 listening to me, that's going to be amazing. Then you're a perfect fit client for us because we see that you understand how to use podcasting effectively. Michael, you've grown, as we've mentioned early on, you've created a successful business, leveraged that into another successful business, so on and so forth. What are you looking to accomplish in the next few years? Big number one goal on my mind right now is building South Africa talent into, first off, a million plus a year business, and second, into a business that employs over 100 people. And I honestly don't know which one of those is going to come first because labor costs are very low in South Africa. So that's, that's my goal for growth there. But outside of that, I personally am hoping to get a, my first book published uh, that's not just an ebook, but is an actual print copy. And I am hoping to start some sort of school or mastermind, something like that, to really take everything that I've been working on around entrepreneurship and around figuring out how to design and build and manage these businesses over time um, so I can start spreading it to other people. Are there any personal habits that contribute to your vision success? I like to cook a lot. I think that makes a big difference because I cook my own food. It takes time out of my day, a considerable amount, but that also helps break myself from my work throughout the day, and it helps give me distinct pause points. I've also just learned a huge amount about patience and about making things that last and about how to prepare to do something. The whole philosophy of mise en place that comes out of professional kitchens is invaluable to entrepreneurship. And I know there's a guy who's written a book about that now, though I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And so I think, I think cooking has really played a huge part in my success. And I'd say bread baking has taught me more about patience than just about anything else I've done. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. As folks adapt to this changing world, we're all going to be buying more stuff online than ever before. I am. And if you're an e-commerce seller, are you ready to meet the demands of our new delivery culture? Be ready, guys, with ShipStation. Why ShipStation? Well, when you're selling online, getting a lot of orders out fast can be tough. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates and so on? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Just a few clicks and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product to happy customers like me. ShipStation makes it easy. ShipStation helps online sellers of any size Get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep customers happy. I know I said that before, just checking that you're listening. Now, no matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, guys. It's really cool. It makes them really easy to manage from any device. 
even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal, and that's good, right? No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Hey guys, and right now, the Tony D'Urso Show listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code T-O-N-Y. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in T-O-N-Y. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code T-O-N-Y. That's Tony. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Michael is expanding his businesses further into podcasting and B2B services with new acquisitions and partnerships. All right, and now back to the chat with Michael. I'm astounded by that. Not about the bread, not about the cooking, the patience. And I think you've hit the nail on the head and you really understand a great piece or part of being successful is you do have to have patience. And I like the fact that you've got your ritual down that breaks that concentration because, you know, some of us entrepreneurs, you know, I'm, I'm not raising my hand. I'm just joking. We work <laughs> so long. We work so long that by the end of the day, we can get a little mentally drained if we don't take that break or have a routine that breaks that attention. So I think that is extremely important to your vision success. Very Thanks. good point on that. I'm really lazy. So I take a lot of breaks. Um, I will regularly take a two or three hour siesta if I can uh, midday so I can cook myself a hot lunch and then eat it and take a nap. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and we've mentioned a couple of resources here, but are there any great resources that you want to make sure that our success squad audience takes away with? Oh, definitely. Uh, the call for content playbooks. Everything I've talked about that I say I've done or we do has been recorded as a playbook at callforcontent.com slash playbooks. And they're right on our website. They're these massive how-to guides. They're also the first training materials we give our new employees. Uh, so they are literally what we do. And we've got them for monetizing podcasts and growing podcasts and appearing on them and for authority marketing as well, uh, which I just, I love the playbooks and I don't feel like they get used enough. The other thing is I do have open office hours because I try to be an educator. And if you go to call for content, click on one of the office hours buttons, you'll be able to book 30 free minutes with me to talk. And then I'll record those. And if there's any good questions in there, I'll use them to create more content in the future. I love that. Once again, we learned how to build remote businesses with Michael Greenberg, and you can find him at callforcontent.com. And that four is F-O-R, callforcontent.com. Michael, I've learned a lot and I've gone through your playbooks and amazing stuff. I encourage the audience, check this stuff out. It's good. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for having me on today, Tony. Hey, Success Squad, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I hope this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. I learned so much about building remote teams, virtual assistants, and so on and so forth. The insights are so valuable. How did you like it? Building remote businesses with Michael Greenberg. At the get-go, he wanted to be an entrepreneur and wanted to work for himself, but he was told it was the worst decision and he should absolutely not do it. Have you guys heard that before? Well, there's no guessing what he did. 
He even dropped out of school to follow his startup dream, but he did return to college after he got it going. I do not advise dropping out of college or school, but look at what Michael did. He dropped out, got his dream going, and then went back and got his degree. Very brilliant. Now, everyone listening to this podcast is probably an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you are, and you may have heard those words before yourself. Don't do it, right? And what I think it does for a lot of you great entrepreneurs is when you hear no and don't do it and bad idea, it makes you want it even more. Isn't that right? I like his focus on B2B services as they have high margins and high deal values. Make a note of that. Do you use VAs, virtual assistants, or do you use remote teams? They sound the same, but Michael says that VAs are kind of the same, but they're in a box. VAs usually are hired to do repetitive type tasks. I've hired them before to do something specific against a carefully worded document of what to do, how to do, when to do, etc. Some good advice is thrown in here that even if you have some hardships or downturns in your business, as long as you learn something, then it's worth it, right? And that new knowledge helps you do better and better. I like working on a task or project base as I know that I'm spending so much and I'm getting a specific result in return, regardless of the time that was spent on it. I think that's an easy way for me to get my stuff done. How about you? As mentioned, there are jobs or tasks that are lengthy and require an hourly pay. Thus, it really depends on what you need. Does anyone in the audience have better results by hiring out work done on an hourly basis? There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Okay, guys, now grab hold of your vision. Decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. You know that. It always starts with a decision. And you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The free ebook is at TonyDurso.com. I talk about how to develop your vision, your purpose, your long-term objective, get in your master plan. I talk about strategy, tactical, great stuff. And you can pick up the audio version and the training class too. Highly recommended. I created my empire, as some people call it, in just a few years. That's all it took. I had the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Let's help you move on your journey to success. Hey, and if you have an Apple device or access to Apple Podcasts, please look up my name, Tony, D-U-R-S-O, and subscribe to my show. A kind review there will get you tremendous appreciation back in return. Thanks, everyone. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 